saints. Good morning. Nice to see all of you here. Amen. Let's just sing this old hymn together. On a hill far away stood an old rugged cross. On a hill far away there stood an old
Yeah. 
Thank you, Lord Jesus. So thankful to have a guide. How often have we heard the prophet speak on we need a guide to lead us through this age that we live in. But we have one. Amen. Through every unseen twist and turn. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We're going to go to prayer at this time. I'm going to ask the brothers if they would come. Brother Phil Gertson, could I ask you to come, please, if you would open the service for us in a word of prayer? do have a couple of prayer requests we want to remember. But first, we have a testimony from our sister Violet Laws. She wants to thank the Lord for finding the right match for Ezekiel. He will be leaving the hospital tomorrow and be going to the Ronald McDonald house, which is one step closer to coming home. Pray that God would cause him to start feeding himself. And she wants to give thanks to all the believers for their prayers for him. Amen. And we want to remember also the Wood family. Our brother Norm's just written in that we would please keep Sister Louise in prayer. She's not feeling well, struggling with depression, just needing a touch from the Lord. Amen. So let's lift her up. Actually, we did have another testimony. Excuse me. I just remembered that here from our brother Deepak. He sent his greetings and thanks to all the saints at Cloverdale Bible Way for holding Sister Vandy in our prayers. After being in the operation theater for more than 12 hours, In a hospital stay of nine days, we're happy that she got a discharge yesterday. The Lord has surely been good to us, and he is renewing her strength each day. Please continue to pray for a quick recovery. Amen. God bless the Deepak family. Thank you, Lord, for being with his people. Amen. Amen. Why don't you come, Brother Phil, if you would please, and just lead us before the throne this morning. If there's a request in your heart, we know that God sees every heart, every upraised hand. Amen. And there's an answer this morning. our heads oh Lord Jesus we're so privileged Lord to come together like this God Lord I I think around the world Lord how how different ones are are in need of you God and we can come freely like this and gather together and worship you oh Lord we just want to worship you this morning Lord we want to give glory to you we want to lift you up Lord as much as we can. God, you've done so much for each one of us in our lives, God, to think of where we could be without you, Lord Jesus, guiding the ways. We just heard you are our guide, Lord. We don't look to others. We don't look to the world. We don't get swept away by the the trends, Lord, but we we look to your word, Lord Jesus, because your word never changes. Lord, we we thank you for this day. We thank you for the opportunity to hear from you. We pray you would just bless the words spoken this morning to each of our hearts. Lord, we want to just draw closer to you. We want to put you in a higher place in our lives, God. We want all things to just disappear except what you have to say to us, Lord. We pray for these requests, Lord, these, these prayer requests, God. We we just lift them before you. You know each one, Lord. You, you know the exact uh, remedy for each situation. Um, you've asked us to pray, Lord, and we're lifting it before you. We're bringing it before you. We're laying it before your feet, God. And we pray you just take complete control of each situation. Give us words to speak if we need to, Lord. And give us the faith to just hold on to your word, God. We look to you, Lord. You are our example. You are the one, Lord. We pray that you would just bless the service now. We thank you for the testimonies, God. Lord, there's so many things you do for each one of us, God. We just 
Just help us to share with, with others what we've done, what you've done for us, God. And Lord, just bring us closer to you day by day. Be with us this service now, we ask. And just bless the speaker and hearer. And may we just take something from this service, exactly what we need of, Lord. We, we ask you just to be at full liberty and just help us to set ourselves aside and hear from you, God. Bless the remainder of the song service and the offering may be just a blessing to you, Lord, and may you use it wherever you can, God. Pray these things in Jesus Christ's name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Brother Phil. You may have your seats as we take up the morning offering. Brother Phil mentioned stability and not being caught up. I trust we don't take for granted just the stability we have as being sons of daughters of God. Isn't it wonderful to be a Christian? The peace of mind, the peace in our homes, let's not take it for granted. I mean, we see a world falling apart, we can just have peace in our hearts. I mean, our brother Andrew's going to come and sing for us. Maybe he could just come. I want to sing that song, um, Sheltered in the Arms of God. We'll just start with the first verse and, and go into the chorus as they prepare for their special. I mean, we did also want to be sure to greet, as a family visiting from Missouri, Brother Kuda, Sister Moline, and Sister Michelle. I'm not sure where, where are we at? That, well, wherever you are, God bless you. Is that, oh, there we are. God bless you. Welcome. Nice to have you here this morning all the way from Missouri. And also some of the families back with us, the Walman family. God bless you. Sorry it has to be the circumstances that it is, but always good to have some of the family return home. God bless you and Jolene and the family. And let's sing this now as Brother Andrew comes. So let the storms rage high, but we'll start with that first verse. I feel the touch of hands so warm and tender.
morning sun, mountains tall, God above designed them all, running streams, desert sands, just a few. Of his hands, and I'm amazed when I see all he's done, and to think he did it all for me. Oh, how great! Oh, how great! Of his hands, on a hill, on a cross, he stretched out his hands to save a world so lost. But in the pain was a plan. Yes, this would be the greatest wonder of his hands. Broken hearts, torn by sin, with one touch of his hands, new. some of the mighty wonders of his hands. Praise our God. He is worthy. Let's sing as our brother Tom comes, how great is our God. Sing with me, how great is our God. As we just turn to the ministering of the word now, the splendor of a king. Amen. Oh, the splendor of 
lift up our voices. Let's give him praise this morning. He's worthy of every praise. Amen. Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, we lift up our voices. We lift up our hands. We lift up our hearts. Father, we're not a dead church. We're the church of the living God. Lord, we're not a building. We are a called out people. Lord, we're called to put on a body change. And so, Lord, as we stand here in the august presence of Almighty God, we want to lift up our voices, saying you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. You're the God that came forth and took the book, and you've opened the book, you've given us the book, and Lord, that word is now being veiled within a people once again. Lord, we want to shout the praises of God this morning. Lord Jesus, we look to you, the Lamb of God. We don't want to form. We don't want to just be a church. We want to be a living organism. Lord, praising the holy God that you are. We're thankful for a place that we can let off the pressure. Thankful for a place, Lord, that we can stand and our children can be with us and hear the true gospel of Jesus Christ. Father, we love you with a great love and pray, Lord, that you'll speak to every heart. We ask it in the precious name of Jesus Christ as we turn to the Word. Amen. Amen. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. It's good to see everybody in their places. My goodness, it seems like I haven't been around for a month. It has been a month. But we've been in and out, and we're thankful to God to be here. Brother Tim just arrived himself. So between uh, the two of us and Michael and my wife and I think we spent a lot of money on that airline. But it's worth it all. A soul is worth it all. And we're thankful for your help and support in these matters. Brother Jeff and Sister Julie Woolman and family. Brother Martin, Sister Deanna and family. Sister Jolene and Brother James Steffenhagen would like to express their heartfelt thanks and tremendous support to all who attended the memorial service of Sister Clara Woolman. We were overwhelmed by the expressions of love shown by the people in the beautiful and plentiful flower arrangements, the abundance of food brought. There's so many coming to show how much Sister Clara's life meant to them. It meant so much to us that people thought so much of our mother and grandmother to honor her in this way. She left behind a legacy of loyalty, giving, and loving we thank you all for your support. God bless you, the Woolman and Stephen Hagen families. May the Lord bless you also. Amen. It was, it was a wonderful time to be with the family and to lift up our sister Clara. You know, a lot of, a lot of uh, I guess I got a couple of few comments and over the service and so forth. And then didn't, uh, she said, well, sister Clara didn't say so much. Well, maybe for some, she might not have, but she did say a little bit here and there when we obviously had fellowship with, but it's not so much what you say, it's what you live. And she lived a tremendous life and love for the gospel of Jesus Christ, and it was shown by the attendance of many that could be there, and I'm sure there's many more that would love to have been there. So God bless you. As we press now the battle and we go forward in Christ. So I'm casting all my cares on you. 
as we before we turn to the word. So I'm casting all my cares on you. I know you love me. Let's turn, please, to St. Mark, chapter 7. We'll start reading at verse 25 to 30. God bless you. We'll be doing a little bit of a report also on the Philippines. I've got some slides. Michael has helped me. And um, we'll see how how it goes throughout the service. Um, I don't think that there is a place on the planet if you have a heart for the things of God that you cannot be moved and touched by the needs of the body of Christ around the world. There's no location that causes just one attention because we're a body, not of just one place on the planet. And I had the privilege of being uh, to the Philippines my first time as we have supported the Philippines into the, in the early 90s and all the way up to, I think, Brother Kim, you were the one that shut down. We had an office. Bible believers had an office in Manila. And Brother Vernon Manahan was the manager of that office. And the word has gone forth. And it has moved in the lives of many. And we will be speaking... I was uh, able, Sister Joanne and I were able to go to an island that, uh, as I mentioned, I think between flying out to Dallas, an island that no other uh, white man has ever been preached behind their pulpit. And I felt great, a great humi- I was very humbled and very moved. I'll never be the same. Um, so... If I do give a little bit of a missions report, it's, it's mission. We are a mission church. We've had brothers help and assist. Brother Tim Dodd is a, is a 
helping and directing in missions, but we have more than just one place. We've always dealt with many places, and there's many needs. And we will look to the Lord for direction to meet these needs. It's amazing. I said to Joanne, I, I feel like you're selling my home. I'm serious. There's people that need so much. We've got so much. And we take so much for granted. And they got so little. Joan, God bless you. Nice to have you back. All the ones that came for the wedding for the Garland family. It was a great time. So I won't, um, I don't want to ramble. But uh, we have a wonderful body and heaven's going to be glorious. Just glorious. Amen. Mark chapter 7. I'm sorry, did I do something wrong? Mark, what did I say? Wow. Okay, Mark chapter 7, verse 25. For a certain woman whose young daughter had an unclean spirit heard of him and came and fell at his feet. The one was a Greek, a Syrophoenician by nation. She besought him that he would cast forth the devil out of her daughter. But Jesus said unto her, that the children first be filled, for it's not meet to take the children's bread and to cast it unto the dogs. And she answered and said unto him, Yea, Lord. Yet the dogs... Under the table, eat of the children's crumbs. And he said unto her, for this, saying, go thy way. The devil has gone out of thy daughter. And when she had come to her house, she found the devil gone out of her daughter and laid on the bed. Let's pray. Father, your word is eternal. No matter how many times, Lord, we would read scripture, preach on the subject, it's always unfolding because your word's eternal. And so, Father, I pray, God, that you'll take the substance of it, make it real to each and every one of us. In Jesus' name, amen. You may have your seats. God bless you. Since being away, preaching, counseling, meetings, ministers' meetings, special meetings, and to see the longing, the desire for the Word of God to unfold and to meet needs was very moving for me. I put a little title to this message, Perseverant, Passionate, and Zealous. Pretty much sums up my travels. 
pretty much sums up what this word is doing in the hearts of children, the sons and daughters of God. That there is a perseverance within their lives to see God move supernaturally, whether it be for a natural need, a spiritual need, a body need. There is something within them that's driving them. And whether it be then a zeal to see this happen or a passion to make it happen, it was very evident and impacting within my life. I'm afraid. I'm afraid of, of North America. I really am afraid. Soft living. I fall in that category. This church, because of the leadership, pastorship of Brother Beskell, has been led of God to touch many lives around this world. You sit here in the pews, you're viewed, and you're known. Not just the ministers that minister, but you, wherever you sit, and when you're not sitting there, you say, well, Brother Tom, you say, well, you should be at every service. Well, it's the people that are watching you are wondering where you are too. They highly love you. They highly respect you. You have touched their lives through the ministry and vision of our pastor, Brother Ed Biscoll. People might have taken offense, maybe even at Sister Clara's memorial when it, she made this statement within her own Bible. She loves Cloverdale Bible Way. And I said, I love Cloverdale Bible Way. And people say, well, what do you love about the Bible Way? Well, it's certainly not a building. Please, are we that carnal? We love the people. We love what they stand for. We love their burden. We love saints of God that we can look down at people that got the same passion, perseverance, zeal for the things of God. It's not something pumped up. It's a reality. And if I don't become zealous for the things of God, there will be somebody rise up to be zealous for the things of God. Listen, a lot of people get zealous to go fishing. They get zealous to go mountain climbing. They get passionate about kayaking. They, they've got all these activities that they're passionate for, but it has no eternal value. They will spend time. They will spend their efforts. They will spend their money to plan out trips that are worthless. They say, well, it's fulfilling. What do you want to climb a mountain because the mountain's there? How many times we've heard these expressions? It's crazy stuff. I read an article one year that so many had climbed Mount Everest, and after they climbed the mountain, they were so disappointed because they thought once they hit the top of Mount Everest, it was going to give them such a fulfillment. There's only one that's going to give you fulfillment. And that's Jesus Christ. And that is this message. Period. 
So if we're going to get zealous for something, passionate about something, persevering about something, it's to get a vision and keep that vision and keep that message going around the world. I landed on an island of just wonderful people that have just, they first started by a book landing in their hand by one man on a bicycle. And that one man on a bicycle handed out a book and then handed out another book when he got another few cents and he printed out another book and I'm going to show you a lovely church from a man riding a bike. He's 40 years old. He's Michael's age. Fervent and has a lovely church built it by hand. Amazing. You say, oh, why are you so emotional or why are you so passionate? Because there are people that are going to press into this message, irregardless of us. Because as Brother Bilko said, this message has a life of its own. And it would be a shame to sit in a church with such an, uh, 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 a privilege and just let it go and fall through our fingers when there should be something within us to say, Lord, lead us, unction us, direct us. We have to find that last one. We have to. I'm burdened for it. I want to see it. Whether it be here, South America, Africa, it does not matter to me as long as it's that last one and we've got a part to play. Your giving has given me the ability to travel this world. We were in Dallas, Texas and we'll show a, a slide on that. Three people got saved. A young girl that wasn't even planning to come to church on Sunday morning gave her heart to the Lord. Got baptized that afternoon. You say, well, wherever you go, you want a big... Listen, saints, you can have a lot of a big show, but it's the ones that hold steady and hold to the word of the Lord. To be perseverant. He said, how much and how ought the church tonight that claim they're born of the Spirit of God stand in the meeting and see the vindication of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, claim to be filled with the Holy Ghost, sit still and let Satan push you around. Well, I'm going to give the devil some on notice today. I am not going to allow Satan, by the word of God, to start pushing this little bride around. We're going to take God at his word, and his word declares, Satan... Get behind me. Whatsoever you ask in my name, believing you might have it, you shall have it. He said, you're here, you are, you sit here, you claim to be filled with the Holy Ghost, sit still and let Satan push you around like he does. It's a strange thing. As long as you can feel the presence of the Holy Spirit, Know that his word and his promise for this day, you should be the most persistent to press in until it's over. Did you hear me? Sam, did you hear me? We're not doing it for a service. We're not doing it for a week. He said we should be persistent. 
until it's over. Persistent, he said, is to stay with it. God promised it. It's not you. It's God. The Bible says in Mark 12 and 28, you don't need to turn to it. I want to just hit a highlight point here. The scribes came and, and having heard them reasoning together, perceiving, he answered them well and asked, which is the first of all commandments? And Jesus answered and said, the first commandment is, hear you, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind, with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. This is the first commandment. No rotten device overtakes this commandment. No phone, no iPad, no computer. It comes over this gospel. And if it's ruining your life, you throw it out of your life. Tankering your soul. Giving you images you should never see. When the word has come down in its fullness to show you the beauty of holiness and the power of God. And we still let these silly devices steal away your image of God. I deny it. You deny it. You just don't hear me preach it. You do it. People walk around with a thing in their hand. Is that controlling you or are you controlling it? But let me say, Lee, another translation might help you with this. You're to love him with all thy mind, all thy soul, all thy strength, with all thy heart. Another translation says, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all your passion. Passion. People have passion over dogs. They eat them in the Philippines. Okay? Well, I'm not all over the place. Maybe in the mountains somewhere, right? <laughs> so I asked the brothers, did you eat dog? They said, well, well, we don't eat dog here, but they do. I said, okay, what kind? Any kind. And we have these silly things. Controlling homes. Knapsacks. Bubbled with the dog walking. Dog parks. Over the gospel, hundreds and if not thousands of dollars are spent. I'm not a dog hater, but it's not. Scripture doesn't talk too well about dogs. Woo, that one went over good. People talk about having cigarettes when we were in the world and how much you spent per year and you calculated the amount of money you spent on something that's killing you. He said, well, if I didn't smoke, I could have taken that money and I, I could have had this. Okay, let's take cigarettes out of the equation. I'm not looking at anybody. I'll look at these brothers. Let's take a dog out of it. I'm not saying dogs are wrong. 
I'm just saying put it in priority. It's weird. Brother Bradham preached about dogs sitting at a table eating in the 60s. And I didn't know one dog in the 60s that ate at any table. Oh, boy. Look out, Fifi. (laughs) You might become (laughs) foo-foo. But North America, Satan's Eden. Come on. It's the one that's brainwashing the people. There's nothing wrong to have a dog with you. I did. We had a Goldie. A Goldie, I'm going to see Goldie in heaven. You say, wow, man, you took a real turn on that one. But he didn't run my life either. And so there's certain things, saints of God, that we allow to take away our passion. The word passion at its core. You passionate? You say, well, I'm passionate. Then the, the word passion at the core of the thought. It is a form of a pain that demands one to thirst to be satisfied. I looked at some old notes and I came across this. And I thought, that's worth saying again. If he said, I'm passionate about something. I'm fervent on something. And we're passionate to see people get saved. It's pain that demands the thirst to be satisfied. It drives us. It moves us. It's a consuming drive. If they can do it to climb mountains, Jay. If they can do it to do their river rafting. And they've got their categories. And they spend hundreds if not thousands of dollars. To do things that are unfulfilling. To take away really what we should be passionate about. And the fulfilling part is to see saints saved, born again, filled with God, serving the Lord, loving the word, loving this message. Let's get our priorities right. I'm sorry about your dogs. The environmentalists are radical. Wow. Wow. Where are you coming from here? All I hear is these environmentalists, man, they're putting their hands on paintings and gluing them to paintings like, big deal? Like, that means something to me? Doesn't mean nothing. Throwing paint and doing this and drawing attention, it's absolutely garbage and craziness. But they think they've got a cause and they're passionate for that. I always look at something in the negative and say there has to be something in the positive. And if they can be in an environmentalist and say, listen, the world's shot. The prophet's already prophesied. 
The world's falling apart. It's in its last birth pain. So they're passionate about environment and they're radical and people accept it. They accept it. Oh, that's, that's, that's their cause. That's their thing. They accept the radicalness of their cause. Or you've got your Bitcoin crazy people that are just wailing this morning because they lost their billions of their dollars. But they were passionate about it. Did you see where it's gone? It's gone from $200 to $5,000 to $20,000. They're passionate. They're watching it. And all of a sudden, now it's worth nothing. And they're trying to regulate it. People passionate. They got their Ponzi schemes. And they get passionate about it because they want to make their money. You've got your sports stars, and they're passionate about it. So I thought, oh, I'd look it. I'll look it up. Passionate. You know what? One big passion they were. Miracle on ice. Miracle on ice. Now, for you that are not hockey people, it was a, it was in the it was a game between the Russians and the U.S. Right? And the U.S. was the underdog, and they were all. Amateurs and all the, Russian pe- all the Russian players were all professional. And long story short, you want to look it up, you can waste your time, you can look it up yourself. The U.S. won. They shouldn't have won, but they won. And they call that a miracle on ice. I'm going to look at a few other miracles here. And it's not a miracle on ice. It's a miracle in Laodicea. Satan hasn't got you. You are the underdog. You should have been beaten down. You should have been lost in the world. But Jesus came by your way. You had the greatest coach on the planet. He came down to guide you. Not to win a hockey game, but to win over Satan's Eden. Hallelujah. And it's not miracle on ice. It's a miracle in Laodicea. You're not a downtrodden lost people. You're a people that are going to glory. You're going to a future home. You're going to a body change. People want to be fanatical about the environment. Let us be fanatical about this message. You're too radical. We want the simple things. Say, let me tell you something. Not just the simple things. You got to start with your ABCs. But saying, I'm going on into a rapture. The unfolding of his word. The word in you. The word in the bride. We try and get there today. If we can. I'm zealous for it. I'm not down to a going to church type of people. These brothers got something to say. It's because they're burdened to say it. There's not one of us that just sit down and say, what's a nice little thought that we can bring the people. It's what, Lord, what's the burden of the word of the Lord that's gonna move them a little higher in their experience in Jesus Christ? 
Not just to sit back and have a nice little church and, and, and put in some time. And If you want that, there's lots of churches out there. It's out there. But we're going to preach the word. We're going to live the word. We're going to stand with the word. I was talking to a brother there. At the funeral the other day, he left 12 years ago, wants to somehow come back and reconcile. And I said, the only thing that can reconcile is truth. Truth. You can't cover it. You can't undergird it. You got to stand on truth. And God's word is true. Anything outside of it saying, I don't want your emotion. I don't want you what you think about what this message is. You stick with the word. Amen. The word is going to take you out of here. It's the word. Anything added to it, you kill it. Did you hear me? Anything added to the word, you kill it. And it will kill the life in you. Passion, fervent, perseverant, yes. Not a hockey stick, not a baseball bat, not an environmentalist. I'm a wordist. Brother Matthew McGarry, God bless you. Matthew's here up from Dallas. Amen. God watches over his word and nothing else. Only his word. God watches over his word. He is the word. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. And the word, of course, you know, in St. John 1.14, and the word was made flesh and dwell among us. So we had now God as we had him in the, in, before the Garden of Eden. It was God above us. And we said, well, it was our Heavenly Father. And, and then Brother Bram actually said it was Elohim. Before, there was no, no one to worship him. He created angels and they were the first to, to worship him. And then he went from Elohim. Brother Bram goes on to in, in the Hebrew series and adoption. He says, now God wanted to dwell with his family. So he moved from Abraham. I'm sorry, Abraham. He moved from Elohim to Jehovah. One who dwells with his family. God loves his family. God's concerned about his family. Can I say then, uh, I'm going to read a scripture. Then I think Michael was saying something. My boys used to play phone tag on me. Sam would answer it, pass it to Mike. Go from Mike, go to Joel, back to Sam. I said, okay, Sam, how are you doing? No, it's not Sam, it's Mike. What are you talking about? Are you just talking to Sam? No, and then it was Joel. What's going on here? We all got the voice vibration. Then I answered the phone and said, hi, Mike. What? I got called Mike the other day. I thought, isn't that great? I must be getting younger in my voice. (laughs) But there's a genetics. There's a DNA that comes and passes down from our father. So we're talking on the zeal. We're talking on passion. We're talking on being perseverant. The Bible says if you want to turn to Isaiah 9, 6 and follow me, I'll follow along with me. 
I think genre goes pretty much along being salt. If you lost its savor, look out. There's something in us, saints of God, to hear the scripture. Let's read the scripture before I digress. For unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace there will be no end unto the throne of David, upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment, with justice, from henceforth even forever. What does it say after that? The what? The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. So can I say my heavenly father is also zealous? And I, if that heavenly father is zealous, shouldn't there be a gene pool of people that are born of their heavenly father? They themselves will be zealous and the zeal will be of the Lord because it will be God himself that will perform this. It's not you mustering up your zeal. It's God, zeal of the Lord of hosts. A zeal. Somebody has a zeal for something. It means that they've got an energy or an enthusiasm. They're in pursuit of a cause or an objective. I got a zeal. I've got an objective. I don't know about you, but my objective is to put on a new new body. My objective is to see the word of God go forth and change a people into the very likeness and image of Jesus Christ. We have an objective not to be a lukewarm church. We have an objective to be a people zealous. Whether your husband is, sisters, you better be. It's not just the husbands. It's a body zealous for the things of God. Zealous to see your children born again by the power of the Spirit. Zealous to see them Filled with God. And not filled with the things of this life. That will try and drag and tear and cause heartache and pain in their lives. We have an energy. We have an enthusiasm. And we are in a pursuit for a cause. And that cause is Christ. That means then if you are zealous, Ray. You're eager to see this happen. And they say... My son, my daughter is going to have a born-again experience. Not just a hallelujah and a glory to God, but an actual born-again experience. Where they walk with God. They talk with God. They commune with God. They just don't come to church and hear the preacher get excited and brothers say amen. It's themselves saying amen. 
themselves having that walk with the Lord. We were created to be in the very image of God. And there's one that's tried to stop from the Garden of Eden. To stop a people from becoming and living the very image and glory of God. But God in his great wisdom and his great mind was not surprised when Satan came into the garden. He had already got a plan in his great mind. You're not going to surprise God in any situation. And so the greatness of God had decided in his great wisdom that there would be a lamb slain before the foundation of the world, knowing that man would fall and there needed to be a sin covering. He knew once that word was spoken that that word, that creative word was going to be fulfilled no matter what. Satan came into the Garden of Eden to try and disrupt the plan of God. He got a hold of the very thing that could be perverted in the sense she was not, as the prophet said, in the original creation. So she was to multiply and replenish the earth. But it wasn't like the beasts of the field. It was not the way it was to be produced. It was to be produced the same way, the prophet said, as Mary received the word and brought forth the only begotten Son of God. That was the perfect way. And so Satan got his hands on an instrument thinking he could destroy the plan of God. But God's plan cannot be thwarted. There will be sons and there will be daughters. There will be those that are going to come forth as sons and daughters of God. And down throughout the ages and Brother Biscoll has preached on it over the years. We've touched on it over the last few services. But those prophets were prophesying a word. And that word went into the air or went into wherever that space or dimension you want to talk about. But it landed in a womb of Mary. Every prophecy was fulfilled in Christ. Now this Jesus is going to have children sons and daughters. And Satan again would try to get his muddy hands and get to the church just as he got to Eve 
and try to take a people and make them a bunch of denominational, lukewarm, nominal people. Brother Brown said that seed went into the ground and that seed went throughout seven ages. And at that seventh age, there was going to come up at harvest time a crop that will be just like their father. I don't want to be like you. I want to be like my heavenly father. And my desire is to see the church burst by a word that produces the likeness of God. Brother Bram said in the message, things that are to be. Now in this world we live in, this education, I want to prove to you education, science, civilization, all these things that so seemingly we enjoy today is of Satan. Did you hear me? You heard what I just said there. Let me repeat it. In this world that we live in, this education, I want to prove to you, education, science, civilization, all these things we seemingly so enjoy today is of Satan and will perish. All right. Brother Branham, civilization? He said, yes, sir. This civilization came from Satan. Genesis 4 proves it. Cain's son, see, started this civilization, building cities, organs, and so forth. Civilization came by knowledge. Knowledge is what the devil sold Eve in the Garden of Eden and caused her to cramp and transgress God's commandment. So there will be a civilization in the world that we're going to, but it won't be of this civilization. Amen. It will not be of this civilization. For in this civilization, we have sickness, sorrow, lust, death, everything. Civilization's wrong. But in that civilization, there'll be none of that. Does everybody hear me? In this civilization, you have heartache, sickness, pain. But in that civilization, there's none of it. Shouldn't we be zealous for that civilization? Shouldn't we be moving forward, passionate about it? Yeah. He said, but just like the womb of Mary, she caught the germ. A virgin shall conceive. Like a palm tree could be created. An oak tree on a hill. His word did it. His word can catch into your heart right now. He said, I am a believer. This man or woman I've got my hands on, they're suffering. 
because they're of this civilization. But God had a prophet that gave us a window into another civilization that drove that devil away. He said, oh God, spoken words, original seed. Oh God, there's a germ of life come from the real seed that God proved. It was his seed. He rose him up again. And though that life that's going over the original seed, like was given to Eve over the real church, it's bringing forth life again through the birth, through the womb of his bride. Oh, he said, that's rich and that's glorious. So if, if Mary could catch the seed of God within her womb to bring forth Christ, your prophet is saying there's a bride that also has a womb that she can take the word and bring forth the same life of God. I want to be, be passionate about that. Hallelujah. Yes, sir. He said, I want that to sink in. He is that seed. He's that seed that produced by the word of God. Be it unto me according to thy word. I don't want it to be according to your thinking or the emotion of it. But according to thy word, let it be unto me. Let there be a change take place. Let my son experience the power of God. Where's the passion of a little Seraphonician woman saying, my daughter's sick. But we use it as a, as a little parable. Saints, we got six sons. We got six daughters. But we need Jesus. And Jesus came in his word. Hallelujah. He came in his word and it's a perfect word. Jesus is the word manifested. He and the word is one and the same. That's why it's so, uh, it was so made manifest in him perfectly. That's the reason God manifested himself perfectly in Jesus. Because he was the seed word the germ word itself. You may ever get that? Jesus was the seed word, germ word, capital I, itself. The germ that's on the inside of that seed, that's the life in the seed. You get it? He was the germ word of God. And the germ is the spirit. The germ is the water. You can't be a seed and disagree with the word. He's really nailing it down. Because there were people sitting there. And they were, they were, they were resisting what he's saying. They didn't even have a clue what he was saying. It wasn't given to them to know what he was saying, but it was given unto you to know the mysteries of this hour. Not to talk about it, live it. 
Be passionate about it. Zealous about it. Persevering with it. The germ is a spirit. The word is the seed. And if you are the word, how can you disagree with it? You'd be disagreeing with yourself. Okay. 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 How many sing the chord? We are the word made flesh today. We sing it? Right? Everybody agree? Everybody loves that song? We are the word made flesh today. Then to disagree with the word, you're disagreeing with yourself. If you are the word, you have to say amen to the word. Yep. Uh, that's, that's why you have to be born again of the incorruptible seed of God. And the word will amen the word. So if you're disagreeing with yourself, you're defeating your own purpose. Well, that's not me saying that. That's, your, that's a prophet. So down throughout the ages, we could say, well, Moses, he's passionate. But when he met the burning bush, that's when passion came to the forefront. Hmm. An 80-year-old man getting moved by a burning bush that was not being consumed. Conquering the greatest nation on the face of the earth. And we say, well, that's just a story. And Cecil B. DeMille did a great movie of it. And, and, and we fantasize in our mind of it. But just think about it. He was a simple man just like you and I. Met a burning bush. And he was led of God to take a people out of Egypt. I wonder, have we met that same bush? That same pillar of fire. And we're leaving Egypt. Well, we'll just slow it down a bit. So there were many people passionate and zealous for the things of God. But what takes it away? What causes passion to, to decrease? Or zeal to diminish? Or to be less perseverant. What causes that? Good question, huh? I know you're thinking because I can feel the gears moving. What changes the man where this passion was to be in church? To hear whatever the pastor said. To know what the message meant. And now just make it come like I just come to church. What changed? The word never. God never. What changes? Do we live on past thoughts and victories or do we live in the present? Because he's the God of the present, the God of the now, as we've spoken on. There is, has to be something within us, saints of God, that's going to keep your zeal, your passion, and your perseverance keep alive and that is the presence of the Lord. It was the presence of the Lord that ignited Gideon. 
It was the presence of the Lord that ignited Joshua. You take one example after another, and it takes the presence of the Lord that ignites the passion and zeal. Who was Gideon in the first place? Hiding? Who was Shamgar? Who were these men? Who was Rahab that she could be zealous and know that there is a judgment coming and she needed a token? Who told her that? Who instructed her? She wasn't even a Hebrew. But there was something inside that was not put there by man but was put by God. Give me a token. God puts that passion, puts that fervency within the heart of a believer. But it takes the presence of God to keep that passion alive. Because if you watch your little Netflix, oh man. Oh, man. I only know that word because somebody told it to me the other day. <laughs> so you've been, hey, I think it was Matt. He says, a brother, he was talking about a brother, and he says, have you been on the internet? Have you been, like, watching? He says, yeah, I've been on Netflix. Oh, he thought, I thought watching church. And people get exposed. I thought that was very good. I needed that. Are you watching? What are you watching? Listen, saints, I'm, I'm, I'm not kidding you. That will destroy your walk, your passion, your zeal, your fervency. It's all Satan's got lust, the pride of life. All that he's producing that you're watching. Is out to destroy and bring down your zeal, your passion, your perseverance, so that you do not have your eyes on things above. I'm saying, saying, listen, saints, I'm serious. Hollywood is more of a newsflash than Ukraine or Russia. And your prophet kept on saying, watch Russia, watch Russia, watch Russia. But you'll watch this and you'll watch that and you'll watch this and you'll watch that. I say kill whatever you're watching that's not of God. I'm just trying to be a friend. Trying to be an encouragement to you. Because saints of God, whenever I see a little island of people that have never had a man like me come there and minister the word of God, and they're standing on their feet, and they're glorifying God, and you barely even open up your scripture. I said, oh, God, let that passion, fervency, perseverance, let it not dwindle in the house of the Lord at Cloverdale Bible Way. Yep. It's true. Little group of people. 
I was able to be with on an island outside of Manila. Brother Danny Garland was going to marry his darling fiance, Sister Shekinah. And a typhoon is being forecasted. Typhoon. Do you know what typhoon is? I didn't, oh yeah, you know the word typhoon. But unless you are in a typhoon, it's only an imagination typhoon. But when you're in a typhoon, it's a reality. Guess what? There's a typhoon coming. And it's supposed to land the day of Danny and Shekinah's wedding. But God held a typhoon off for our little brother Daniel Garland. Brother Leon, you talk about a soldier. Man, I never felt finer having our precious deacon brother watching over me. And he left his door open in the hotel room so nobody could pass by he didn't know that would come into my door. I said, man, that's respect around here. (laughs) Did everybody get that? I like a little bit more of that, okay? (laughs) Uh, Fervent. Pageant. No, he is wonderful, wonderful deacon, and we've been blessed as a church to have him. But there was a typhoon. You might as well put the one slide up if you don't mind. Philippines. 2022. What you're looking at is the top of a volcano filled with water. Can you imagine when that explodes? <laughs> Every morning. Hi, water. Because when, when the water explodes, it's going to explode. So here's the Philippines, 2022. I was invited to come over by Brother Vernon Manahan, who is a pastor, a wonderful man of God, uh, upstanding. I'll stand with him through thick and thin. He's got a burden to see this message go out throughout the islands. Next slide. We were there and... I had the privilege of marrying Brother Danny, Daniel, and Sister Shekinah. And there they are standing there, Brother, you can see, I think you can see. Yep, Brother Leon standing there. And all the brothers, Daniel and uh, Josh is there. And I told Josh, I said, hey, Josh, watch out here. You, You keep focus. Canada, Canada, Canada. So they, did a, a one, they had a beautiful venue, and the, and the typhoon is held off. Typhoon was held off for our precious brother Daniel, and sister Lenore, and brother Leon, Lorna. It's just a tremendous, tremendous victory for them. There they are. Now it was, you know, uh, I, that was a bonus for me, just landing. And I know Tim went, and I think you did Buzzabozies. So, hey, we're, we're going to get known as flying... Oh, yeah. <laughs> we don't do that often. In fact, it's probably one in a million. All right? So anyways, we had a, they had a wonderful wedding very much to the, uh, beside Brother Danny is Shekinah's daddy. He's a pastor of a church there in Manila. Wonderful man of God. Wonderful time. Wonderful people. Next slide, please.
They said it was the Danny. Now, Danny comes to the Sunday morning service after, you know, they got married Saturday. Or what day? I don't know what day. What day was that, Darren? Whatever day, the next day, he's in church. I thought, well, that's amazing. That's a miracle. And he said to me, Brother Tom, he said it was the most, they said it was the most organized wedding they've ever had, ever. I said, that's wonderful. I said, Brother Vernon made sure everything went according to schedule. It wasn't me at all. Next slide. So back in, I think it was November of 2013, is it? Was it 13? It's 13 years ago. I'll have the slide up. It'll give you the date. It, crops were destroyed. Homes were destroyed. And Brother Biscoll actually woke up when the next morning. I was talking to him the other day. The next morning, he woke up after hearing about this horrific typhoon that covered all of Manila and the Philippines. And just to give you an idea, the little typhoon that I was in, and they have 16 of them every year, destroyed 63 bridges. So it's, it's not like it's a, a, just a windstorm. They're typhoons, for, and they call that for a reason. So you see that building that was left in that typhoon? That super typhoon, Yolanda. And at the bottom is where Bible believers help restore the house or the building, the building that they're standing beside. They had a dinner for Sister Joanne and I, and we'll get into it in the, in the slide. Next slide. Can you imagine? 2013. Super Typhoon Yolanda made landfall. Within 48 hours, Bible believers sent funds to pastors in the country to begin rebuilding the process. Hundreds of thousands of dollars were donated by Christians all over the world. Within 18 months, 200 homes, 21 churches were rebuilt using local expertise and local distribution channels. God has a wonderful body. Amen. Next slide. So over COVID, Brother, uh, Brother Vernon Manahan, he's, he's right beside me on, in, in the blue shirt. He's pastor of the church that's there in Manila of that assembly. And beside him, those are the elders of the church, and they wanted me, of course, to pray for them, and and, um, this was their 25th anniversary, but because of COVID, it was their 27th, so we said, no, well, it's a 25 plus two, so we had a, a wonderful time. Next slide. These brothers that are standing there from my far right, I guess your left, from there all the way across, the first seven are the main brothers that have been with Brother Vernon when their church started, and they've been together for 27 years. Those brothers have stuck together. Can I say that again? Can I, can I say that again? Those seven brothers 
and there was one sister that was missing, right, honey? Have stuck together for 27 years to see this message get sent out amongst the Philippines. I say that God be the glory, and I, these are wonderful brothers. Next slide. Amazing brothers. So they came up, and, I, and they, that was an impromptu, Brother Norm. They had the brothers and the trustees come up and sing an impromptu song. Nathaniel's bowing his head. He's not looking at me. <laughs> there you go. I said, I'm going to do that when I get home. Did you see how wonderful that sounded, Darren? Huh? Where's Ruan? Nah. They are not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, and neither are we. And these brothers, they, they just made us feel so at home. Next slide, please. <laughs> so we're closing the meeting down, and they were having a banquet after this. Things just like me. Amen, Brother Vernon. Don't take offense to that if you see this. So the brothers, they, uh, those brothers actually that we were talking about, those seven brothers, that they're heads of hotel chains. They're, they're heads, chief executives. They are, these are brothers that have, have now moved up into an executive realms, chief, chief chef prepare, uh, prepared a banquet. It was outstanding, and I feel ashamed that uh, I'm showing you that I was actually enjoying myself. <laughs> it was uh, after the meetings, of course. <laughs> and so that was their anniversary meetings, and we were uh, privileged to be with them. Brother Vernon, Sister Irene, at the end, Lord willing, this year they'll be coming by in 2023 to see us. Amen. Next slide. So we flew from Manila to this island, a little island, and uh, that's where the typhoon had already come in. Joanne and I had. A, a corner, a little corner, a little hotel, little little room, and man, the ships out in the bay in Manila Bay, 
these big freight, freighters, they're, they're, they're just, you know, wherever the wind's blowing, those freighters are moving. One minute, they're this way, next way, this way, that way. It, it was quite the wind, quite the rain. The brothers that, that explained the last service of, at Brother Vernon's, it was a Saturday night. It had rained and poured so hard, brothers couldn't get home because the water was over four feet deep in some areas. And so they just parked their car at the side of the road, slept in their car, and came to the service on Sunday morning. Fervent, passionate for the word of the Lord. So now the the typhoon has moved on. We went to this little island. Next slide. And now we're going through the water. Those are homes, places people live. So we're not talking about a little rainfall. It did not stop the church from having church. Throat. Hmm. <laughs> so do I, but I'm here this morning. Next slide. This is a pastor's workshop. I wish I could uh, actually bring that picture up and see that's a table saw. And in that table saw, he makes doors. As you can see there, you can see the mud up to the door there. Covered all his equipment, destroyed the home, or I'm destroyed his workshop. Next slide. That is what he makes out of that little shop. I told Brother Joel, I said, listen, next time, Leadcore, here's a plug for Leadcore. They want to change all their equipment and machinery, put it in a container and send it to this precious brother. Next slide. That church. He's walking us. We, we just arrived. The water was up to where he's leaning. Those pews. They spent the whole day, the whole church, washing down the walls, washing down the pews so that we could have church. Next slide. That's Pastor Bucky. Pastor Bucky is the one with the red tie. He's the one with that workshop. How we started that little church was on a bicycle. He came into the message. The Lord got a hold of his life. He got a book, and he would pass out a book. Whenever he made a little bit of money, he passed out another book. And from another book to another book, he got from a bicycle then to a, an, another type of a mode of opera, um, thing like where they have a little cage where you sit beside. And he went to the mountain people, to get this message into their hands. And uh, he's just an amazing young man. And they built that church. Next slide. That's his church. From one man on a bicycle. You don't think that doesn't affect you guys? 
bicycle journey. See that workshop? And those people are lovely. I love them. Next slide. So they had a, they wanted to give, because of Brother Biscoll's help and Bible believers sending funds, they wanted to have a dinner for us. Sisters brought chickens. Now don't think of Costco chickens. After you pluck those chickens and cook those chickens, you wonder if they're chickens. But they gave them a free will offering for us. Next slide. They put out their best for us. Next slide. Sister Joanne did her ministry. I was back at the hotel after preaching. They stayed for hours going over songs. They know every song you sing. Brother Ryan, they love your songs. You say, well, it's just uh, maybe us gone around the world. Next slide. Now I'm going up to the mountain people. Here we go, Joanne and I. Oh, they had a blast. They, they had a blast. They thought this was the greatest thing. I was on four-wheel drive. <laughs> Brother Leon, he was behind us making sure Brother Tom wasn't going to fall off that thing. Go ahead. Next slide. The, this building, as we saw in the picture, this is the building that you say, well, houses are built. See that little building there? Everybody say, God bless you. Those are our, our precious brothers and sisters God bless you. who lost their crops in our typhoon that we were there. And they used their funds to have a dinner for us up on the mountain. And that, when we say, Brother Tim will say, well, we build a house. We're not building a house like here. That's the house. That's the little meeting area they had for the, for the dinner. And it's humbling. I'm sorry. It's just humbling. That sister there that was with Sister Joanne, she couldn't believe that that was Joanne Biscoll. She said, you're Joanne Biscoll? She said, we've been listening to your tapes, honey, since a little girl. A little girl. They couldn't believe we'd come up to be with them. Why wouldn't we? We love them. That's our dinner. Catfish. On a stick. Brother... Bucky, when he made, whenever he has, whenever he makes some money, he adds to their rice fields, and they've terraced the rice fields. And as the water in the, runs off the rice fields, 
it goes into a pond that's behind Sister Joanne, and they created a catfish pond. So not only is he pouring back into his church, he's pouring back into his people. They have something to eat, something to live by. Please, let's never complain. Next slide. They spend it all for us. Yeah. These are the precious brothers. Highlight, a part of the highlight there, and the reason why I have this slide is in 1995, Brother Biscoe made a trip to the Philippines. And I had minister after minister after minister come to me and say, tell Brother Biscoe, by him coming in 1995, changed the Philippines. He sat down with the pastors, found out they didn't have tapes or books or materials of this message. And we sent books, tapes, and libraries. And they'll tell you today is because of 1995 when Brother Biscoll arrived that they've got the material to preach the word, the message of the hour has transformed the Philippine Islands by the word of the hour. It is amazing. Next slide. It's Brother Nestor. Brother Nestor, we remember Brother Nestor. He's a pastor with Brother Vernon. He has his own church in northern, in, I think the north side of Manila. That's his dear wife. And we're standing there, and they are now outreach to Thailand and Cambodia to get this message out. He's a tremendous, tremendous brother. I've got stories that I, I, uh, I didn't know about Brother Ernie. And I didn't know about other brothers that had visited them, them from here. And when I get to heaven, I get to have a private talk with Brother Ernie. They treated Brother Ernie like gold. And they are, they, they are gold. They are gold. And Brother Nestor is a, a wonderful man of God. Next slide. We had a, an impromptu elder ministers meeting. And these are the brothers that were at the table. And they wanted to give their love and greetings to you all. Brother Leon right smack dab in the middle. Next slide. And that's Brother Vernon with his, two, his wife and his two daughters. He and Joanne, they gave her flowers. And we're getting ready to go. We thought we'd go to the Philippines and try and be a blessing to them. But we went to the Philippines and they were a blessing to us. Next slide. Then when we got home, we had the privilege to be with Brother David McGarry, Brother Matthew's dad. Brother Michael and I shared meetings. Michael, I want you to know I am now backing away from all my trips. He has a, a tremendous, tremendous uh, gift and the meetings that he took were Absolutely out of this world. And uh, so we shared the meetings. Now I'm Michael's father. <laughs> he used to be. 
Michael. We love you. We love your ministry. I was there. Uh, I, 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 I don't have the, my phone opened to give you the details, but before COVID, I prayed with this couple. Couldn't have children. And uh, I prayed with them, and then they went through COVID, and God gave them a little baby. And they wanted to be remembered, Joshua and Jessica, our man. We had a wonderful time in Dallas, Texas. I love the saints there. They're just like preaching at home. They are passionate, they are fervent, and they're perseverant for the gospel of Jesus Christ in Dallas, Fort Worth, Texas. God bless the saints there. They're in the process of building a a new church, and uh, it's quite the process. As time goes on, you understand the the building and its complexities of life here in North America. So we want to keep remembering the saints in Dallas, Fort Worth. God bless you. Those are the last of the slides. Well, I wanted to give you a little taste of the Philippines and, and, and what they are and what they've meant to us. We have, of course, been associated with them from the very beginning as we have in India when Brother Biscoe went in 1981 and we started printing. We will continue to support this gospel to see this message get out. And if God can use one man on a bicycle as Brother Bucky and he can work in a workshop such as that, he built those pews. He built those pews. God has used him in a marvelous way. And I think we just need a little bit of an attitude shift. We have so much. And they have so little. And some do well. That's fine. That's, that's good. But we can help. We can assist. We can do whatever we can do for this gospel. And if Brother Biscoe can wake up in the morning and say, I need to send $10,000 immediately right after the typhoon, and they remember it to this day, I say, Lord, let the legacy live on. Let that word live on. I just trust this morning, this little message, that you would be more fervent, more passionate, more perseverant with this gospel that we love so much. Do not, saints of God, allow the Satan and its Eden and its Eden to lukewarm you and bring you down to just a church member. May God fan the fire and make you firebrand for the kingdom of God. Musicians, why don't you come? Passion. Say, Brother Tom, I want a renewed passion. Passion at its core is a form of pain that has to be quenched. God, give us some passion, more passion. And God, you see that deep calling to the deep. Let's keep the Philippines in our prayers. Brother Vernon Manahan, pastor. Brother Nestor. I don't know how many invitations I have had. I booked 
to the 2000, end of 2024. I said, well, have fun, because it'll be Brother Murphy and Michael. <laughs> they were, pastors were coming. They were going to their own meeting after the typhoon. There was a youth camp that was over 400 youth coming together for the gospel of Jesus Christ. I love the coined phrase that we have coined over the years, as Brother Biscal has used it. This message has a life of its own. And it creates the same kind of believer, whether it be at Cloverdale, whether it be in the Philippines or Africa. They're all lovely. And you are a lovely group of people. And I'll say, like I said at Sister Clara's memorial, I love you. Let's stand. To be like Jesus. To be like Jesus on earth I long to be like him all through life's journey
thankful, Lord Jesus, that we can come into your house. We can receive what we have need of, Lord. And when we go from this place, Lord Jesus, we can be changed. We can be different. We thank you for the passion, for the zeal, for the perseverance, Lord, that you've placed within our hearts, oh God, to press this kingdom of God, Lord Jesus. As revelation pours and pours, Lord Jesus, we pray, Father, that you would help us, oh God. Help us in our daily walks, Lord Jesus, as Brother Thomas so eloquently said and has preach, Lord, a word to help us, to lift us up into heavenly places, Lord. Let it not just be for these moments, Lord, but let it go into our lives, Lord, as we would take this, this word into our hearts, Lord. Let it just permeate our very beings, Lord Jesus, to give us more zeal for the things of God, to give us more passion for Christ, Lord, to give us more perseverance, Lord Jesus, to press this battle, to, to rebuke the enemy, Lord Jesus, and put our, our foot on his neck, Lord Jesus, and to deny him, Lord Jesus, any hold over our lives, Lord. As we go from this place, Lord, we pray that you would fill us with the presence and the spirit of God. Lord, we are very conscious today, Lord, that there are those that are suffering. There are those that are needy, Lord. We're conscious today, Lord, of the Walman family, Lord Jesus. And Father, how they need you to be their comforter, Lord. We pray that the Holy Spirit would be their comforter, Lord. Because, Lord, we can only pray it because we know it was a promise, Lord. We pray that, Lord, that that promise would go into their hearts, would go into their homes, would go into their lives, Lord Jesus. For we know that our precious sister Claire is in a better place, Lord. She's not suffering, Lord Jesus, but she's rejoicing on the streets of glory with her husband, with the saints of God. So we pray that even now, Lord, that the presence of God would be with the family at this time of, of, of worry, Lord. We ask now that you'd go before us, go with us, Lord. We thank you for the service. We thank you for Brother Tom, for his life, and for his message, for his ministry. Bless him, Lord. Strengthen him in his body, we pray. In the name of Jesus Christ, we commit all these things into your hands. Amen. Just a couple announcements before we go our way. I believe this Monday night, this Monday night is family night. Next Monday night, a week tomorrow. We'll be having family prayer night 
here and at the fellowship room as we do. And also that we have, I'd like to announce communion. Uh, communion will have it in December. Uh, I believe it's the 4th, December 4th. Um, the evening of, gives you lots of time to prepare so you'll be here. I think it'll be a wonderful time in the presence of the Lord. And of course we have Thanksgiving at the camp coming up. And I believe that's going to be special, special. I hope I wasn't too emotional for you. Um, I, I, you know, I, I'm weird. I'm just weird. Sometimes you come out like a lion and leave like a lamb, I guess. But I don't want you to get caught up in the emotion. I want you to get caught up in the burden. Because that's, it's not an emotion of sadness. It's an emotion of a burden to see the word go forward and that we keep the vision alive. And I thank God for sending even, you know, men, young men raising up. Brother Tim and myself, we're getting up in years. And if God should tarry, where are those young men? Well, we see them amongst us. I say, send Jean, Jean get, get them going, man. Set those wings and fly. And, and whoever God's got called, we're, there's so much to do for the kingdom. Just, you know, just to, to have service. We want you to enjoy every service. We want it to be life to you. And that you could see that we don't do this just to do this. We do this because we, we love you. We love the word. And we love God's people. So God give you a wonderful week. Greet one another. And maybe the next time we shake our hand, we'll be in the great rapture. So God bless you. You're dismissed in Jesus' name. Thank you for being here this morning.